Get off your latrine. It's episode 15. <laughs> oh my god, I lost count. Today, did I just echo? I'm hallucinating. Today, we're going to talk about family. I do. <laughs> uh, family. What's the um, Family Matters theme song? Real love the family. <laughs> Can of worms. Family. Family's an interesting one because. Families can look very different. They're just each family is completely different depending on the person. Like not only what it's made up of is there mother, father, brother, sister, other people, uncle, other butter, butter, butter family things, other shapes, other forms, other formats for a family could be anything. Um, not only that, but also every family hive kind of has its own little family culture going on and also is kind of the blending of other cultures like in-laws and stuff like that different little mini family cultures coming together and making venn diagram flowers of different smushing things of habits and trauma and all kinds of stuff mixed up in the family soup um and so what is a family? What is a family? To me, I mean, the most basic definition to me of a family is who are the people who were supposed to be meeting your basic needs when you were a young, vulnerable child? I mean, that's your first perception of family, of mother, father, person, sibling, whoever is there for you. Um, and that's your first impression of kind of the world and people the world and if the world's going to be nice to you or not if the world's going to accept you or not if people are safe to be around um how to interact with people it's your really your baseline um relationship with your life with everything in your life that is human um so that's a really important foundational step in someone's life is like who are the people who are supposed to be meeting my needs? What needs are being met? What needs are not being met? What does this say about me? What does this say about the world? And it impacts you for the rest, I mean, in theory, for much of your life. You can do a certain amount of healing, and that can be very helpful. But all in all, we haven't found a total cure for the wounds of childhood. They kind of just make you who you are. Um, or at least give you a starting off point to become who you are. Very interesting. Um, and yeah, I mean, I wonder about that. I wonder about, you know, if certain needs weren't met for me as a child, did I just grow to expect them to never be met? And therefore, do I not go after meeting those needs? And certain other needs I always had met. And because I have the expectation of those needs always being met, does that make getting those needs met profoundly easier to me than, to, than someone else who didn't have those needs met initially? Or did them not having their needs met initially 
um, give them the strength to overcome that and pursue those needs even more. I mean, it really is a nature and nurture interaction at that point, isn't it? Like two people can go through the same level of trauma and come out of it in profoundly different ways um, and affected in profoundly different ways. I mean, case in point, Oprah, I don't know if you love or hate her, but man, difficult childhood and came out what is she a billionaire she must be close crazy um all right so let's talk about like parents or parental figures I mean there's a lot going on there there's also the parents of parents right the grandparents or whoever raised the people who were raising you um, and that impacts the way they raise you. Sometimes it's that they didn't have certain needs met, and so they overcompensate by by overwhelming you with too much of that need, you know? Like somebody who grew up in, in, in uh, starvation, always trying to feed, feed, feed their kids. Um, you can see this in certain cultures uh, that, that lived through famine. Um, eat, eat, uh, you know, because there wasn't always food and now the kids have food. So eat it, eat more, <laughs> um, you know, and the same could be said with, uh, uh, love and attention. Like maybe someone didn't get enough love and attention when they were a child. So now they pour all their love and all their attention on the child to the point where the child may or may not feel a little bit overwhelmed. And it may present some problems when the kid becomes a teenager and starts needing to self-differentiate, starts needing to separate themselves from that loving gaze and figure out who they are without it or who they are separate from it. Um, because in the end, it's, fulfill it's fulfilling a need for the child. But if it's to the point of overwhelmment, it's really the parent treating the child like the parent that they never had and isn't that so sad um and that's hard and that's scary about parenting a child isn't it that it's just going to bring up all of those <sighs> kind of unrealized potentials of the corners that left that were not safe to explore as a child of um that maybe would have been safe under other circumstances. Family also means for a lot of people, not everyone, siblings, siblings. Um, and that is, to me, your first experience of competition. <laughs> competition and how you're going to outshine or undershine or where you're going to fall in the hierarchy of society in terms of getting your needs met. Because... When there's multiple children, you know, there's only so much attention and love um, and money that can come from the parents. Um, and then so the children find their own little, you know, children are kind of a little bit sociopathic because their brains haven't fully developed yet. And they, you know, so they devise these interesting ways and they're not conscious of this, but of trying to manipulate their parents to get the love and attention that they need. Um, and that's in the face of the, the very real competition that their siblings are having with them to get also get that love and attention. Now, for me, having been the youngest in the family, um, uh, you know, obviously I've spent my whole life trying to figure out what that meant. And um, if maybe I would be if I would have been a more successful person as a firstborn um, or I don't know what as a middle child, um, maybe also more successful. But 
as the youngest, I mean, youngest children are often entertainers. Um, they're often the goofier ones. And I think it's because they come into a situation that's already quite tense. Um, there's a fierce level of competitiveness for the attention and their parents attention is already divided when they're born other unlike the firstborn where they, they just get all of both parents attention when they're little um but me being the youngest of three my parents was already uh, attention and love was already divided between two other people i'm the third one coming in so it's like you know you go with what works so in the end i think i i um conceded that i was going to get less um less attention necessarily from my parents um, than maybe my siblings got when they were younger. Um, but also, but I could get more attention from them by being kind of the agreeable one or the, the silly one or the one that's always okay with everything. That that would make um, them grateful that they have this third child that's kind of just easy. Um, and that's how I would win their affection. I mean, I must have unconsciously come to that conclusion extremely young or, or maybe I didn't, or I'm just naturally more okay with things. And that's just my nature. And had I had a different, um, set of genetic predispositions, I wouldn't have just been agreeable and okay with everything and everything would have been different and maybe they would have hated me. I don't know. But family at the end of the day. Who they're supposed to be are the ones that always have your back no matter what. They're your original understanding of love and trust. And if you don't have that, I'm so sorry. And hopefully you have found a chosen family that can serve that function in your life. Because there's always other people out there, good people that you can build trust with and create relationships with. And hopefully cultivate your own family culture where you can truly thrive and truly get the love and support that you never got when you were a child. Um, but when I think of family, I think of like, those are the people that like when shit really fucking hits the fan, like you can stay with them. They will help you. They've got your back no matter what, because a lot of the time you share genetics. And I think there's some kind of natural predisposition to looking out for people that have part of you in them. Um, but not necessarily because chosen family can be just as strong. Um, yeah, so just people that have your back no matter what. People that um, you always know you can go to. Even if you haven't been talking to so much. Even if your relationship is kind of on the fritz. At the end of the day, like, if you're starving, if you're homeless, if, if you know, you're really ill. They, In theory, I mean, and obviously, lots of people don't do this. But, but family should have your back and should care. They should care if you're dying, for example. God, this got really dark. Um, and I count myself very lucky to have grown up in a loving family that where all my basic needs were met. And I really do know that they have my back and I have theirs. And even if, you know, things are hard sometimes. Um, and obviously we've had our own ups and downs and problems, but... I'm really grateful for that, and I hope everybody listening has the chance to experience that feeling of safety and security. Oh, oh, oh.